أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إلا عباد الله المخلصين أولئك لهم رزق معلوم فواكه وهم مكرمون في جنات النعيم على سرر متقابلين يطاف عليهم بكأس معين بيضاء لذة للشاربين لا فيها غول ولا هم عنها ينزفون وعندهم قاصرات الطرف عين كأنهن بيض مكنون فأقبل بعضهم على بعض يتساءلون قال قائل منهم إني كان لي قريم يقول أئنك لمن المصدقين أئذا متنا وكنا ترابا وعظاما أئنا لمدينون قال هل أنتم مطلعون فاطلع فرآه في سواء الجحيم قالت الله إن كدت ولولا نعمة ربي لكنت من المحضرين أفما نحن بميتين إلا موتتنا الأولى وما نحن بمعذبين إن هذا لهو الفوز العظيم لمثل هذا فليعمل العاملون بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل لقدة من لساني يفقه قولي All praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We praise him always and we seek his assistance, and we seek guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we seek refuge and protection in Allah from the evil of our souls and the sins that we do, and the adverse consequences, the bad results that occur because of our sins. We ask Allah to protect us from those. Whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides, no one can misguide. And whomsoever Allah misguides, no one can guide. And peace and salutations be upon the final messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship besides one Allah, and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his messenger. My dearest young brothers and sisters in Islam, I'm going to greet you, okay? With the Muslim greeting. Assalamu alaikum. And I want you to respond as if you're here, not as if you, you're hiding, okay? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. MashaAllah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. Well, that is a far better response than the one you gave our uncle over here when he started uh, today's lesson. It's good that you be loud because then this microphone can also hear you. Otherwise, if the microphone can't hear you and people start watching this lecture on uh, that camera that's recording me right now, everyone will think I was speaking to myself. There was no one here. They say, he said salam and they didn't hear a response. So it's good that you are heard so that everyone knows you were here. And also for your information, for someone to greet you is sunnah. 
It's a sunnah, it's beloved to Allah. But once someone greets you, it's compulsory to reply. You can't keep quiet. Did you understand that? I'm going to ask you a question after this. Do we have any prizes for them, by the way? We've got to have some prizes, some chocolates or something that uh, they like. Um, if someone greets you, this is what? Is this compulsory or recommended? No, it's recommended. But once someone greets you, is it compulsory to respond or is it recommended to respond? Compulsory. And that's why when someone says, Assalamu alaikum, you should respond. Don't say, And someone says, But I didn't hear you say, No, he responded for me. Now you respond also, right? And in fact, Allah tells us in the Quran, That if someone greets you with a greeting, then your response to the greeting has to be the same as the greeting received or better. So if someone says with a nice voice, Assalamu alaikum, you need to respond, Wa alaikum salam. That's better, isn't it? But if someone says, Assalamu alaikum, say, Wa alaikum salam. And that's not following what Allah taught you in the Quran. And also from this ayah in the Quran, we learn that if someone greets you and says, Assalamu alaikum, then you have to at least say, Wa alaikum salam. But it's better for you to say, Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. And even better for you to say, Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. But if someone greets you and says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, is it enough for you to say, Wa alaikum salam? Are you allowed? No, you have to at least respond by saying, Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. Because that's what he said to you, and your response has to be equal to the greeting that you received. So you have to say, Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. And it's even better for you to say, Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alright. If someone greets you and says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, how should you respond? Why not just say, Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah? Because it will be less than the greeting you received. Excellent. So just now you learned the etiquettes or the adab of the salam. Did you know this before? You knew this lesson? Alright, so how come when uncle greeted you, you didn't respond very nicely? You didn't practice on the knowledge that you knew. Right, so this is another lesson. That sometimes we don't know, so we learn from the lesson. Sometimes we already know, so the lesson is a reminder for us. Right? And whenever we know something, we should practice it. So it's really nice to be here with you all. Uh, this is my last uh, day here. I arrived Thursday and we did a program in this masjid. And we did Jumu'ah in this masjid yesterday. And then we had an evening lecture at another masjid. And today I have a lecture with you all and then one with your parents after, inshallah. It's really nice to be with you all because you, my dearest young brothers and sisters, you are our today and our tomorrow. What do I mean by that? You are our today and our tomorrow. Normally people say, our youth, our future. Have you heard that? Our youth, our future. But I don't like that statement. I don't like it. Why? Because if I tell you that you are not my today, you are my tomorrow, then you'll just go to sleep. If there's nothing left for me to do right now, I'll just do, you know, what my, you know, I'll just be around, you know, breathe the air, drink the water on earth, eat the food on earth, breathe the air on earth. I've got nothing to give because our youth, our tomorrow, tomorrow I'll have something to give. Right? So I don't like that statement. In Islam, we learn that our youth are our today and our tomorrow. That you all have something to give the world today. And also you will have something to give the world tomorrow. Does that make sense? Which means this will change your way of thinking. You'll stop feeling like you need to be sleeping right now. And rather you'll feel that you need to be proactive right now and active. That what you have in your mind deserves to be heard. The ideas that you have deserve to be shared. Right? Because you were created by Allah. 
and you believe in him and he is the only creator and the best of creators so if you are created by Allah and you believe in him then you are born to be awesome what does awesome mean you know that term it's a more, uh, it's a more Atlantic uh, uh, term but uh, in the UK for example we say you are born to be great so be great you are born to be special be special right Allah created you so you're special already. You were created by the creator of everything in creation. And he's the best creator. So you are special already. You were born to be great. So don't feel that you don't have something to give the world today. You have... So, uh, sorry. Uh, yes, don't feel that you don't have something to give the world today. You have something to give the world today. And you will have something even bigger to give the world tomorrow. And this is how the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was with the young uh, uh, young Sahaba. They were also Sahaba, they, the, the children at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And the elder or older Sahaba, they saw how the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was with the young children. So they also were the same with the young children, right? And that is why we see. We, uh, Anas ibn Malik, uh, when we read, he, we see in his history, he was one of, uh, he was a young boy when he used to be in the service of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He was a young boy, right? Very young, just like you guys, less than ten perhaps. And he used to carry the water for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam's wudu, and he used to do different things for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam never said, "No, you're too small." So let him be, and with him. Today you think, subhanAllah, the leader of a country, you won't have children looking after him. They are very important people, right? But the Prophet ﷺ had the children also looking after him. This Anas, he passed away uh, in old age, meaning he lived for a long time after the passing away of the Prophet ﷺ. And whenever he used to see the children, like you guys, he used to go and greet them as if they were like presidents. How you greet presidents today with respect and hold their hands and hug them and talk to them and how are you and what's happening what's he used to really give them his attention and the, the the other people used to watch Anas doing this to the children and say but it's enough just to greet why all this enthusiasm extra enthusiasm and he would say because I used to see the Prophet wasallam greeting the children like this he used to greet them as if they were somebody today not just somebody tomorrow Right? So Anas was doing the same. Right? So the, the, the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is to make the youth, you young boys and girls, just like you young boys and girls, feel that you have something to give. Don't belittle your knowledge. Don't belittle your heart. Don't belittle your emotions, your feelings, your passions. Don't feel that I feel what I feel, but maybe it's just a useless feeling. Nobody needs to know about it because I'm just a young kid. No, no one should tell you you're just young. You, you're a, you're, you might be a young kid, yes, but you, uh, you're a young kid created by Allah. Are you special? Right? Because everything Allah creates is, is special. And even the Prophet wasallam used to allow the children to sit in the lessons that he used to give to the senior sahaba. He used to allow them to sit. Right? And during the battle of Uhud, he made an exception for two young boys to participate in the battle. Right? This is a big battle. A big massive, you know, issue, problem. This is war. But they really wanted to come and they proved themselves. They hid. When the Prophet ﷺ left at night with the army, he left at night without making too many announcements so that news didn't get out to the Quraysh that he was coming. So he left. And some boys snuck into the army. Some young children. Imagine. They had hearts that were like lions, right? Today what would you guys do? Oh, I'm too busy with my Xbox, you know. Uh, I'm playing FIFA and I saved the game. I need to finish it. You guys carry on. Huh? I'm just a kid. I'm going to... Uh, now not even the young kids do that. Even the uncles and aunties do that sometimes. They're all playing Xbox nowadays, right? Not all, some. Um, uh, it's not a problem, but as long as you don't play with it at the expense of what's more important, right? That's the, uh, you should prioritize right. But these boys, it was war. They knew what was happening. They snuck out with the army. And then when the Prophet ﷺ did a camp, he counted the people and he found these young boys. And he says, what are you guys doing here? He said, no, we also want to come. 
You have Abu Bakr, you have Umar. We also want to come. Look, Abu Bakr and Umar, they wanted to be like them. Who do you want to be like when you grow up? Right? He wanted to be like them. They wanted to be like Abu Bakr and Umar. They said, you have Abu Bakr and Umar, we want to come as well. He says, you're too young, please go. And one, one of the young boys says, no, me, I'm good at, I can, I can throw the arrow better than some of the people you have here. So the Prophet sallallahu said, let's see. So he did it and he was good. So he said, all right, we'll make an exception. The other boy said, why are you making an exception for him? I'm good at wrestling, I can beat him in a, in a match. <laughs> did you see who, how the children of the Sahaba were? They were people of today and people of tomorrow. So you are all special. You should feel it and you should know it and you should do everything in your capacity, right? Who knows about Dr. Seuss? Do you guys read those books nowadays or you don't? When we were growing up, there was uh, uh, Dr. Seuss. This, uh, it was a book for children, but very important book that taught us about high aspirations. And this topic is about high aspirations, right? It's just that when we were children, even Bob the Builder, he teaches you about high aspirations, right? Bob the Builder, whenever they say, can't you fix it? What does he say? Does he say, no, maybe I'll ask my, my mama and my baba and, you know, I, I'll think about it. No, he said, can you fix it? Yes, we can. <laughs> Right? Has high aspirations. So these cartoons sometimes they teach us good things, but we don't see the good things. We only take the bad things along this time. Right? Even Dr. Seuss, I remember when uh, learning about this, but I never realized it was an inspirational message when we were kids learning it. There's a book which says, you know, you can, you can I, I think you can go anywhere you want to go, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. At the beginning of the book, he says, you have... You have a brain in your head and you have feet in your shoes. You can go anywhere you want to go. Do you guys remember the lines? Anyone read that book? You read it? What does he say? But he said what I said, right? <laughs> okay. So, this is what he said. You have a brain in your head and you have feet in your shoes. You can go anywhere you want to go. So, these, they're teaching the children even that that's the reality. You have a brain which Allah gave you and you have feet. You have mode of transport, right? You don't have a car but you have feet. You can go anywhere you want to go. You can do anything you want to do. You can become the change you want to see. You can be the change you perceive. You have that power with you. You don't have to sit back feeling that your hands are tied. Never ever grow up with this uh, demeanor and with this mental block, right? That now you'll say, I'm too small. When you grow up, you'll say, I'm too poor. When you have money, you'll say, I'm powerless. The, the other people have money. They have the media. They have the satellite stations. They run the newspaper. You'll always be making excuses. Right? Don't grow up now with the first blockage that I'm too small. No, you have a brain in your head and you have shoes on your feet. You can do whatever you want to do. You can go anywhere you want to go. And I'm sure you've witnessed some inspirational stories of some young people today. Right? all these young people popping up on YouTube and what they're achieving. I'm not talking about the ones doing the bad things, but there's some doing good things, right? In artificial intelligence, and they're very young and they're actually sharing presentations to professionals in the field who are adults and have degrees. They're teaching them certain things they've discovered, right? From uh, coding and robotics and artificial intelligence and so on and so forth. No, they're young, but they, do, they, they, they don't believe in their mind that they don't have something to offer, right? They're using the, the, the imagination of their minds, the curiosity of their hearts, and they're pursuing these different pieces of technology and discovering new things that the big people haven't, and teaching them that, look, did you know that this can do this also? And this can do that also? Subhanallah, right? So we're seeing this today, and we want to see this from the Ummah especially. The Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Because this is an Ummah that will worship Allah How Allah wants to be worshipped So you're even more special You have a greater right to receiving the help from Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala That other people, they will raise their hands But when you raise your hands, it's more powerful So you have the mind which Allah gave you The body which Allah gave you The feet which Allah gave you The heart which Allah gave you And then you raise your hands And He will answer your dua and help you better than, than anyone else So the question is, where are you? Oh, young people of the Ummah, right? You should not just dream, but dream big and have high aspirations. And who knows the ayat that I recited at the beginning of, of this lecture? Who knows where I recited from? Anyone? 
You can have a chocolate if you can answer. Or a few, a, a, a handful. Whenever there's chocolate, people start thinking. Huh? The gears of the mind get engaged. Nobody knows? Anyone want to try and guess? Do you know? Yes. No, not Surah Taha. But you, you're getting close. It's all, if you move upwards, we'll get there. Anyone else? Can I recite again? Subhanallah, our time's running. Yes. Not Ayatul Kursi, absolutely not. Don't, don't blame him. How can you blame him that he told you the answer? You have your own mind. If your friend tells you Ayatul Kursi and you say the answer, it's your fault. You can't give the wrong answer and say it's his fault because he told me. And as for the one who told him and didn't answer himself, that is also incorrect. If you have the answer in your mind, speak up for yourself. Okay, you said you don't know. Alright, okay. We don't want to have a lecture about what happened there. But you get my point that today also amongst us, we have this thing that we haven't... I don't mind you getting the answer wrong. That's good. As long as you get it wrong in the right place. In the place of knowledge where you have a teacher, that's the place for you to speak. Some people today, in the classroom, they don't speak. But when they're outside with their friend, then they speak a lot of misguidance. And then they cause misguidance to happen. No, in the classroom, speak what you don't know. So at least someone can correct you. So what you did, young man, was good. You put up your hand, you said, Ayatul Kursi, no problem. I, I look up to you. And you deserve some chocolates for that. But you don't deserve a chocolate for blaming your friend and say it's his fault. No, because we shouldn't be people like that. We should be people who stand by our mistakes and stand by that which is correct. This is the way towards good leadership. And this is the way to achieving great things. Is that okay, young boy? Please don't feel like uh, I'm scolding you or anything. No, no, no. I'm just telling you from the heart something that I may not be able to tell you tomorrow. I was reciting from Surah Safat. Did you know that? Okay. Surah Safat. And the reason why I chose this ayat, uh, and for someone listening to the ayat who understands the meaning, you might say, but you know, the Shaykh is reciting in a slightly disjointed way because he starts from uh, the middle of uh, a whole scene that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning um, uh, in the surah. The reason why I started, where I started was firstly, Allah uh, is telling us that the exception to those who failed are the worshippers of Allah who are righteous. So I started from the exception. And I read up to a point where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لِمِثْلِ هَذَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the surah is teaching us of two groups of people. A group that have no aspirations and a group that have very high aspirations. And Allah then describes the punishment that those who have no aspirations will receive. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the prize. And Allah describes Jannah and what will happen in Jannah and how Jannah will be in an amazing way. Perhaps if we have time, we'll go through the, the meanings of these ayat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can jot it down. I think it's ayah 40 to 61 that I recited. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about Jannah and that Jannah will be for those who have high aspirations. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, for, for these two scenarios, let the people who do things do their things. Those who want to do their things with no aspiration, they will get what they deserve. And those who do their things with high aspirations, they will get what they deserve. My dearest brothers and sisters in Islam, my young brothers and sisters, those who are our today and our tomorrow, you were created by Allah, you believe in Him, because of this, go ahead and work appropriately. The Sharia, the messaging of the Prophet ﷺ, the messaging of the Quran is all about nurturing us to not just be good or be better, but to be the best. Allah doesn't want you to be a good boy. He wants you to be the best boy. He doesn't want you to be a good girl. He wants you to be the best girl. And I've lectured in many a university with the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the West and speak to many of those who are studying their degrees. And I always tell them that I don't want you to become an engineer and a doctor and a lawyer uh, and a pharmacist uh, and, 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 and so on and so forth. And obviously I'm speaking to people who are studying those degrees anyway. Right? Uh, you, 
I'm doing computer science. I said, I don't want you to do computer science. I don't want you to be a computer scientist. So what do you mean? I said, I want you to be the best computer scientist and the best doctor and the best lawyer, right? You must be the best. You should be the one that gets to number one. And you know what? For the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not for the sake of name, not for the sake of fame, not for the sake of, uh, you know, being number one on a list so people can read about you. No, because if you're number one on a list where people can read about you, your jannah won't grow because of your efforts. And really you are last. You might be first with the people, but with Allah you'll be last. So be the best, and that best starts with you doing it for the sake of Allah. And obviously if you're doing something for the sake of Allah, you're going to be the best. Why? Because if you do something for someone who you love, someone who created you, someone who gifted you with gifts that no one else can give you, will you give that person or that being anything less than the best? Will you give them something you're not proud of? Your parents, you love them, right? You love your parents? Would you buy them a present that won't make them excited? No. You buy them the best, right? You give them the best. So who created you? Allah. Who's going to give you Jannah? Allah. Who made you a Muslim? Allah. Allah has given you everything which is the best. So if you're going to live your life for Him, what do you have to do? Give Allah the best as well. So if you're going to give Allah the best, then you are going to be the best doctor, and the best lawyer, and the best artificial intelligence specialist, the best robotic specialist, the best engineer, the best doctor, and so on and so forth. You will push yourself and you will reach levels based on high dreams that you have that no one else dreams about. Whenever they look at the safest pilot in the world today, your name will come up. The safest doctor, your name will come up. The safe, a Muslim's name will come up and so on and so forth. And not just you being Muslim by name, but you look like a Muslim, you speak like a Muslim. That even the non-Muslims, when they look at the Muslims, they say, you know what? If these Muslims disappear, we will miss them. Today, if the Muslims disappear, what will the world miss? Yes, no doubt the world will miss, but really, what will the world miss? Can you think of something quickly in the front of your mind? Are the Muslims heading anything that the non-Muslims desire? If Microsoft dies, for example, will the world miss something? Right? I always have to give these examples. If Apple dies, for example, Will the world miss something? That if you die, what will the world miss? That's the question you have to ask yourself. If you die, what will the world miss? Will your home, will, besides your home, obviously your parents will miss you, but that's because they love you. But what about your neighborhood? What about your school? What will the world miss the day you die? If you be the best, as you're supposed to be, because you were created by Allah, and you worship Him the way He deserves to be worshipped, then surely the world should feel your impact. And you live for the sake of Allah, no doubt. The world should feel your impact. The world should feel you. That the day you die as a doctor, the whole medical field is mourning. Why? Because a great mind has left the world. A mind that has brought to this field what we call a game changer. Change the world. If you're an engineer and you pass away, the whole engineering fraternity, the biggest university specializing in engineering, would celebrate you and remember you. Why? Because you are a game changer. And you are a Muslim who looked like a Muslim and spoke like a Muslim. Today we have, you guys are living here so you don't feel it, but when you live in the West, Muslims feel like third class citizens. Why? Because of Islamophobia. You know what Islamophobia is? Where people have developed a phobia because you're a Muslim. You know like how people have a phobia of snakes. They see snakes, they panic. Sometimes they see water, they panic. They can't go on water. They have a phobia. They have a mental block. People are, because of what the media is doing and what some misguided Muslims are doing, people are having a phobia for Muslims. That if they see you in the class, they look at you funny, they treat you funny. When you walk on the plane, they look at you funny, they treat you funny. They think that like you're all, you're all the same like the people they see on TV who are doing bad things. But if the Muslims were representing the Ummah in the different fields of life, where people really understood what Islam is, then no doubt Islamophobia wouldn't spread like it's spreading today. 
And the situation is so fragile. I mean, now we're seeing, uh, in a positive way, I'm sure you've heard of this Egyptian footballer who plays for Liverpool Football Club, Mohamed Salah, right? Well, you guys know Mohamed Salah. He's scoring amazing goals, not just goals, amazing goals, and in big games for both club and country. Yes. And when he sometimes when he scores, he does such that you're a Liverpool supporter. MashaAllah, good man. On the right track, I can see. <laughs> um, I had to say that because when I was coming in, someone said he supports Manchester United. I don't know how some people support devils, but let's not take the discussion uh, that way. But the point is, now he's doing this. If you look online, people are saying, if, if, if Muhammad Salah is Muhammad Salah, then I'm Muslim. Somebody's saying, I think I'm Muslim because of Muhammad Salah. You see how it's changing? That these people are feeling that if Muhammad Salah had to leave football, the world would miss something. They're comparing him to Messi. Maybe he's going to end up like Messi. Some people are saying, no, don't compare him like Messi. He's his own person. He's going to become his own uh, giant in the football field. And he praised Salah. I was reading uh, an article which said, uh, Liverpool Football Club have built a Salah room for him and this, uh, this other player called Sadi Omani and some other players who are Muslims in the team they pray this Salah so they're showcasing Islam where they are he has his beard he prays his Salah he prostrates on the field he's, he's, he's scoring the goals MashaAllah he's delivering and he's not being considered average he's being considered the best Perhaps he's doing it for the sake of Allah and making dua to Allah. In another article I read how he gave his signing fee. When you sign for a club, they pay you millions of, of pounds because you chose that club and not another club. He gave that money to a village in Egypt to build schools and hospitals. Right? This is someone clearly with his heart attached to his Jannah. He has higher aspirations. And we see the effect of just this, subhanAllah, in uh, bringing a positive image to Islam. And this is da'wah. This is a form of da'wah. Right? How are you going to become a means of da'wah in the professional fields that you are going to go into? You've got to have higher objectives, brothers and sisters. And from the means of having higher objectives, or the most important means, is for you to convert why, to make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the purpose behind why you do what you do. Many a times when I speak to the youth, I ask them, why do you study? They say, for, for the certificate. Why do you want a certificate? Uh, for the job. Right? All right? Why do you want a job? It's for money. Why do you want money? So I can have, buy a nice car. Uh, okay. I can go on a holiday. You see? This is, not, this is a worldly way of thinking. This is not the way a Muslim should think. When you ask a Muslim why you do what you do, he should find Allah in why he does, he, as a purpose. So that Allah becomes the reason why he or she does what he or she does. And you know what the good news is? When you make Allah the purpose behind that which you do, you will still get the certificate. And the job, and the money, and the holiday, and the car. The school won't tell you that, oh, you passed your exams, but we're not going to give you a certificate because you are learning for the sake of Allah. Can the school tell you that? No. You still get the certificate. But you'll get more. What will you get? You'll get a Jannah as well. Because a Muslim who makes Allah the reason why they do what they do, the Jannah feels them with every breath that they breathe and every move that they make. Your Jannah is moving as you move. When you blink an eye, there's movement in Jannah. When you breathe, there's movement in Jannah. Why? Because for 24 hours a day, you are involved in some form of worship of Allah. Either the, the direct form of worship, which is Salah and Zakah and Hajj and so on and so forth, or an indirect form of worship, which is you making activities of this life for the sake of Allah. If you go to the gym, I ask them, why do you go to the gym? I want to lose weight. What else? I want to get strong. What else? I want to be healthy. What's the difference between you and the non-Muslim? Non-Muslim also goes to the gym to lose weight, to get healthy, to be strong. What's the difference? Non-Muslim goes to school for the certificate, so he, to get the degree, to get a job, to get money. What's the difference? Sometimes I, I, I visit 
where, uh, you know, companies where your parents work to run corporate Islamic workshops and ask the, 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 the adults, why do you work also for money? For money. Return on investment, return on equity, ROI, ROE, they have all the terminologies of why I work. Even the non-Muslims work for that reason. What's, what's the difference between you and them? Where's the ihsan? Where's the excellence? Where's the high aspirations? If money, your certificate, losing weight cannot be the purpose behind why you do something, that is a result of what you do. If you go to the gym and you don't lose weight, there's something wrong. Right? You're running, 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 running. It's like one person told me, Sheikh, you know, uh, it's hard to go to the gym. I said, why? He goes, Sheikh, I run on the treadmill 20 minutes, 150 calories. That's two Oreo biscuits or three Oreo biscuits, Sheikh. Three Oreo biscuits, I eat three Oreo biscuits in one minute. But 20 minutes on the treadmill, this is not fair. Very tough. So, you know, it's a problem. I said, so stop eating Oreos. But I can't, I need to eat Oreos. I said, all right, now what you need to do is you need to change why you run on the treadmill. Don't run on the treadmill to lose weight. Run on the treadmill to build Jannah. He says, what do you mean? I can build Jannah running on the treadmill? I said, of course. Imagine every calorie that comes, you know, when you're running, it says one. And you run, 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 run. It says two. Huh? It means you're losing, you're burning calories. I said, imagine every time you see a number, you think of a tree being planted for you in Jannah. That's nice, I can do that. I said, go do that. He said, but how, how does the tree grow for me? I said, stop running on the treadmill to lose weight. But go run on the treadmill because a stronger believer is more beloved to Allah than a weaker one, as the Prophet ﷺ said. Go run on the treadmill because you want to be fitted to worship Allah better. Go make your purpose Allah. And now every second on the treadmill is a tree maybe in Jannah, or maybe a palace, depending on how strong your intentions. And guess what? After the 20 minutes, you'll also lose 150 calories or more. Right? There has to be a difference between you and the non-Muslim. Your aspirations cannot be the same. You have to have higher aspirations. Same thing when you go to school. When you go to school, go study for the sake of Allah. Make Allah your purpose, not the certificate. The certificate is a result of what you do. Are you following, young man? Young man, are you following? Does it make sense what I'm saying? Are you sure? Don't make the certificate the, the reason why you go to school. I gotta go and do exams, I need that certificate. No, that's boring. Even I get bored by that. I can tell you that. Even I would want to leave school. And I also wanted to leave school when that was the reason why we went to school. But go to school for the sake of representing Islam in the field that you do. Now you've made Allah your purpose. So now you get rewarded for every second study, every second asking your teacher, every second sitting your lessons. Every second sitting on the chair at school, learning math, Jannah is growing. Math, maybe some say boring subject, babe. But imagine now it's growing Jannah as we learn math. You say, give me more math, babe, science, chemistry, biology, physics, right? All the different uh, sciences. Find Allah in that which you do, and your aspirations will be higher, you'll be greater, you'll be motivated in a greater way because you'll be building Jannah as well at the same time. Now, how amazing is that? You see why I told you that you are our today and not our tomorrow? Because you can build Jannah today. You don't have to be an old uncle or auntie huh, to build Jannah. You can build Jannah as a two-year-old, as a three-year-old. You can build Jannah. You can build Jannah. You can do whatever you want to do. You have a brain in your head and shoes on your feet. You can go wherever you want to go. So now, when you make your life about living for Allah, then that brings me to what I said earlier. You have to do things perfectly. Why? Because you're doing it for who? Allah. Your parents don't need to tell you to study now. You want to study. I'm doing it for Allah. I have to. I have to be perfect. I love Allah. I don't want to hand in rubbish homework. I want to hand in excellent homework. Right? Nobody needs to wake you up in the morning, school time. And, ah, I don't want to go to school today. No, you're ready to go to school. Why? I'm going for the sake of Allah. That's where I'm going to find Allah. I'm ready to go there. When you grow up, when you go to work, you work for the sake of Allah as well before you work for your boss. Right? So this way, you have higher aspirations. And as I said earlier, the Sharia, it teaches us to be people who think higher. Don't just be a footballer. Be the best. Don't just be 
a Muslim, be the best Muslim. And the Prophet says, Ala inna sil'atallahi ghaliya. Indeed, the merchandise of Allah is expensive. The merchandise of Allah is expensive. Jannah is expensive. It's going to cost you a lot of time, a lot of effort. Right? So you have to be the one who, if you want Jannah and you think Jannah, it has to show in your actions. It has to show in your actions. Today, you know what makes me sad? When I see young boys and girls looking like they want to sleep all the time. They're looking bored all the time. They're only excited if you put them in front of the TV. They're only excited if you put them in front of the Xbox and the PlayStation. They're only excited if you come home with the latest FIFA. That's what excites them. That for me makes me sad. It makes me, that shouldn't be what motivates you, what makes you feel like you've had the best day of your life. If this is what motivates you, you have poor aspirations. You have low aspirations. You have a low desire. You want to grow up to be anybody. A Muslim doesn't want to grow up to be anybody. You want to grow up to be somebody. Does that make sense? Not just anybody. When people look at you and say, oh, he's just some kid. He's just some person. He's just some Muslim. No. Grow up to be the person. The Muslim. The boy. You somebody. And the only way you can manifest, you can show that you want to grow up to be somebody is when we see it in your actions. When you are excited by salah because you know what it means to you being the best. When you're excited by being more perfect with your homework, with your handling, with your, with your possessions, your room, how your room is, how your table is, how you put your shoes. When you walk into, you just chuck your shoes and walk into the home. Shoes are lying dirty all over the place. Go to the masjid, shoes all over the place. Not put in its place. This is what we see with the ummah today. In salah, we're taught to stand in straight lines, shoulder to shoulder, uniformity. But the cars outside the masjid, all over the place. The shoes outside the masjid, all over the place, no uniformity. How can that be the ummah? You go home into your room, everything is all over the place. Your parents are screaming at you, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room. You shouldn't be that person. If you're a somebody, your room is in order, you'll find everything in the dark. You don't need light to see where it is because you use something, you put it in its place. When you are an excellent child for the sake of Allah, you don't need your parents to come tell you, Muhammad, Yusuf, Adam, Yaqub, come on, set the table, we're about to eat. No, you'll be there. Uh, it's almost food time, what can I do to help? You're there, because you're an excellent child. And when you finish eating, no one needs to say, clean your plate, move your plate. No, you'll eat with excellence. Because you'll always be wanting to be the best, your aspirations are higher. You'll always be asking your parents, how did the Prophet ﷺ eat? Let me eat like that. What did he say before he ate? What did he do after? How did he go to the bathroom? How did he come out of the bathroom? How did he enter the home? How did he leave the home? Now you have the right questions. How many of you ask your mummies and daddies about these things? You ask, how did the Prophet do this and do that? No? Right. You need to start asking. Inshallah you will, right? Because now you want to be the, the best. And Allah tells us the Prophet about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا In the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the best example for you. You want to be a boy? He's your best teacher and example. You want to be a son, a daughter, a lawyer, an engineer, a, a leader, a team member, whatever you want to do, a student, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is your best example. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as we said, he raised the Sahaba upon having high aspirations. Thus, thus they had it. I'll give you an example. Once someone came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said, Oh Muhammad, he was from the desert, give us from the money that Allah has given you. Because it's not your money or your father's money. Not very respectful, right? The good manners or bad manners? But what is he asking for? Does he have high aspirations or low aspirations? You're going to the messenger of Allah and you're asking for money when he has something more valuable than that. Then we have another companion by the name of Rabi'a ibn Ka'ab al-Aslami. Al-Aslami. Rabi'a ibn Ka'ab al-Aslami. 
He goes to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, "Ask what you want. Ask what you want." And he says, "I ask to be with you in Jannah. That's what I ask. I ask to be with you in in Jannah. Why? Because he knows the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam will be in the top in, in Al Firdaus, and Al Firdaus is the highest station of Jannah." And Al-Firdaus is so big, it covers Jannah from the middle of Jannah right to the top. So, this is what he did. And the Prophet wasallam said to us, taught us, that when you ask Allah for Jannah, don't only ask for Jannah, ask for the highest Jannah. That's having high aspirations. Ask for the highest Jannah. And he said wasallam, that if one of you is alive and you see the day of Qiyamah, Maybe you're alive and you see the mountains flying like clouds. Maybe. You see the mountains flying like clouds. Qiyamah is about to consume you. And you have a seedling in your hand. What did the Prophet wasallam say? Throw it away or plant it? What do you think? He said plant it. Don't say, what's the point of planting it? Qiyamah is going to damage it just now. It's already coming. No, the Prophet wasallam said, if you see Qiyamah and you're holding a tree, a seed, a seedling, the seedling of a plant or a tree, plant it. Because that good that you did, you'll find it with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the believer. My little young boys and my little young girls. Right? That is the believer. You ask for the best and you aspire for the best. You know Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, who knows who he was? How many of you know who Abu Hurairah was? Put up your hand if you know. Abu Hurairah, you should be knowing who he was. This was a very special companion. Abu Hurairah means father of the cats. It wasn't his real name, it was his title. Right? Father of Hurairah, the kittens. Father of the kittens, the little cats. This man was poor. And he accepted Islam late. And because he was poor, he used to stay in Masjid al-Nabawi. And once the Prophet ﷺ received money, wealth, and he, he came to the people staying in Masjid al-Nabawi to give it to them. So Abu Hurairah and he's sitting at the back watching all the people getting their wealth, getting their wealth. So the Prophet ﷺ turned to him and said, Ya Abu Hurairah, meaning, Oh Abu Hurairah, Ask for what you want. You're just observing. Ask what do you want from this wealth that has arrived. Because sometimes the wealth would consist of uh, goats, sheep, animals, livestock. This is all part of the wealth. It came, right? So, Abu Hurairah says, I do want one thing. I'm going to ask you for it. What do you think he asked for? What do you think? Yeah. To stay with the Prophet Muhammad who else? He asked for Jannah. Jannah, what else? Anyone has a, else has a different answer? Uh, yes. Accepting Islam? You already accepted Islam. He asked for the highest Jannah. He technically did. But he didn't ask for the highest Jannah directly. He said to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now, don't forget, he was elder in age, accepted Islam late. He says, "O oh Prophet of Allah, I ask you for the knowledge which Allah taught you." He asked for beneficial knowledge because he knew money is important and valuable. But what's more valuable than money? Who knows? Knowledge. Why? Why is why is knowledge more valuable than money? Who can tell me for some chocolates? Yes. Sorry. You can't buy. Maybe you can. If you go to school, you pay school fees. Type of buying, uh, <laughs> buying knowledge. Yes. We we have some chocolates for you. Okay. You get some chocolates. I leave them there. Come get it. Yes. Who else? Let's take from the girls over here. Yes. If you get knowledge, the success will come to you. So to get money, you need. Knowledge first. That's a good answer. Good answer. We'll give you some as well. All right. Who else wants to participate? Yes. Boy in the uh, in the t-shirt. Is it pink? Pinkish t-shirt. 
Okay, what, what, what do you have to say? If you get money, you can buy, but if you have knowledge, you can get continuous money. Well done, good, good. Some chocolates for you as well, okay? I'm putting them over here. Come get your chocolates, guys, come on. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's okay, then can you All right. Are you scared he's going to eat it? Oh, yeah, no, 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 it's not. Okay. All right, mashallah. Uh, come, come get your chocolates as well. Uh, yes, you were saying? If you have knowledge, you will know how to use money. You get two handfuls of chocolates. MashaAllah. That's a very powerful point. That you can get money. But if you have knowledge, you learn how to get the money and you learn how to spend the money. You learn how to earn it properly and how to spend it properly. Excellent. Well done. Yes, Mr. Cameraman. How old are you? Ten-year Ten old cameraman. All right. Go ahead. Correct, correct. Similar to what he said. Similar to what he said. All right. Uh, we'll also give him. Uh, anyone who participates gets mashallah. There's no wrong answer. Yes. Sorry. Wealth can be taken away. Very good, mashallah. Our our young young uh, girl here also gets a handful. Uh, wealth can be taken away. Money cannot. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Money can be taken away. Knowledge cannot. Correct. Well done. Well done. I'll share with you some. And uh, it is said that it's from the advice of Ali. He said that knowledge is more important than money. Because when you spend money, it gets less. But when you spend knowledge, it goes more. Does that make sense? If you, if I, if I have, if I have uh, ten dinars in my pocket and I give each and every one of you one, how many dinars? If I give ten people the ten dinars I have in my pocket, will I have more dinars or less dinars? Yes. Less. But if I have knowledge in my heart and mind and I teach you, will the knowledge get less or more? It will increase because more people now know what I, what I knew. Does that make sense? That's one reason. Another reason is. Wealth needs you to protect it. You need to put it in a bank. You need to have a safe at home. But knowledge protects you. You have to protect money. But you have to protect wealth. But knowledge protects you. Because when you have knowledge, you know what to do and what not to do. You know what pleases Allah and what doesn't. Does that make sense? Alright, excellent. Jazakallahu khairan for your uh, participation. Uh, my dearest brothers and sisters in Islam, I hope uh, the few lessons that were shared uh, inspires you um, to be inspirational and aspirational. Um, be the best. Alhamdulillah, you were created by Allah, uh, who is the absolutely most perfect creator. You believe in the Prophet وسلم, who was the best prophet. You read the Quran, which is the best revelation. You uh, read the Quran in Arabic, which is the best language. You fast the month of Ramadan, which is the best month. You worship Allah during Laylatul Qadr, which is the best night. We are all about the best. And in this Quran, Allah taught us that you and I, we make up the best ummah. We're the best ummah. This ummah is the best ummah. Better than all the nations before. And we will be the first to enter Jannah, even though we came last. And we will make up most of the people of Jannah, even though we came last. But to get there, you got to work. Don't be shy of hard work. Don't be scared of hard work. Don't sit around being lazy. Don't sit around looking like you lack aspirations. Right? I have a vision. You know what a vision is? When you dream. Not just a dream. Some dreams can be nightmares. Huh? But I have a vision. I have a picture of the world that I would like to see. And that is a picture of a world whereby... Each and every one of you are ignited human beings that benefit humanity. And that's why I'm speaking what I'm speaking and sharing what I'm sharing. Because I want to leave here with a message.
to you all to help me see that world. You are all inspirational people, but you have to act. If you don't act, you will lose that motivation and inspiration and you will just become anybody. And how do you want to meet Allah on the day of day? Right? Each and every one of you should understand as a young boy and a young girl how you want to meet Allah on the day of day. Help me build a world of beneficial, ignited human beings that benefit humanity. Because this is why we were sent. This ummah is the best ummah because we were sent to give, not to take. Don't sit around with your hands like a beggar, waiting for people to give you opportunities, waiting for people to give you money, waiting for people to give you a job, waiting for people to give you opportunity. If the opportunity doesn't exist, go make it exist. Right? The world didn't have a, a smartphone like an iPhone before Apple made it. True or false? Somebody made it. They didn't sit on their behinds saying, well, you know, maybe he will do it and maybe she will do it. And this is one of the issues that makes me very sad. That today I sit with some of our boys and girls and they will actually say that, you know what, I wish, you know, you, 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 maybe you're doing something and you, some technology could make it better. You say, I wish there was this technology or this invention that could do this. I wonder why they haven't thought of it yet. I wonder why they haven't... Who's they? Who's they? Why don't you think about it? Why don't you be brave? I was reading this article the other day about this someone in America who created some device that allows your cat at home to use your bathroom. You might think of it as funny. I was even like, what is this? This is You think of it as ridiculous. But you know what? They've sold about 30 million, 40 million dollars worth of product. 30 to 40 million dollars worth of product. The person is a multi-millionaire. Selling this little thing you put on your toilet seat. May Allah honor you all. So your cat who wants to use the bathroom can go use the bathroom. And because of it, the cat actually uses the bathroom. How did it come about? He lives in, in America, they have these apartment buildings. He was in his apartment, tired of throwing out the sand and getting the sand and throwing out the sand. He thought to himself, why don't we invent something where the animal can use the bathroom? Like how we use it is simple and easier. But he didn't think to himself, why don't they create it? He said to himself, I'm going to do it. It took him months. He had to borrow money. He was probably in debt at the beginning. But that's bravery. Testing, learning about the psychology of the animal and how the animal thinks and what would instigate it. All this which you and I would think this is a joke. Right? Let's just play Xbox. <laughs> That's better. Huh? While this guy is thinking about how to make his cat use the bathroom, we just play Xbox. That's better. Huh? Upload our goals onto YouTube and share it with our friends on Facebook and go to sleep at night think, feeling happy about our nice goal that we scored by pushing the buttons. Habibi, if you score the goal like Muhammad Salah on the pitch, in real life, then you're a real man. Don't show people on Facebook your, your, how you manage to push buttons and skills on a computer. It means nothing, really. Right? You did it, someone else will do it tomorrow. What's so special about it? Right? You know, how now everyone wants to go to a restaurant, eat food, take a picture of the food, put it on Facebook. What are you doing? If you cook that cake, if you bake that cake and you cook that meal, then okay, go put it on Facebook. But don't go and put a picture of what someone else did. And you show us that you, mashallah, eating this uh, expensive meal. And maybe somebody will be jealous of you and give you evil eye and you'll get sick. Allah musta'an. Right? Don't be those people. This guy went and created a device. Now he's a millionaire. When everyone was laughing at him. But he did something. He didn't think, why don't they create it? In your life, use your brain. Every day, you will come across ideas. Ideas of things that can make the world a better place. Go and be brave and go and pursue it. Don't wait for someone to give you a handout. Don't wait for someone to give you a handout. Don't ask what my community can do for me, what my parents can do for me, what the government can do for me, what the, my grandparents can do for me. Stop asking those questions and start asking what can I do for the ummah, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
This is the message of high aspirations. All right, I have some homework for you all, and that is to go and access uh, Google. You know Sheikh Google, the guy with the bright face, huh? the white, when you switch on the screen, a lot of light comes out from uh, the Google page. Google, go and ask Google. I want you to go and type uh, in Google, I have a dream, Sajid Umar. Okay? On my website, I have written uh, a, a, a piece, uh, which inshallah I want you all to read. And I uploaded it there, and I always tell the young boys and the young girls to go and read it. It's called, I have a dream, uh, uh, Sajid Umar. Please uh, type that in full so that the website link comes up. Access that link and have a read, okay? And if you want to write to me, then on the same website, sajidumar.com, uh, there's a contact form uh, that you can use to write to me. And inshallah, I promise to try my best to respond to your emails. Okay, my dearest brothers and sisters in Islam, we'll end here. Ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all. Say ameen. Make you all blessed to yourselves and blessed to the people around you. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspire your futures. Ameen. I'll take your questions now, inshaAllah.